give it unto the Lord Jesus. Let everything, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. I think we ought to erupt in a shout for Jesus. I really Shout on the left, shout on the right, front, back. Somebody shout the name of Jesus about three times. Hey, Jesus. Jesus, 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 hey, hallelujah. The miracle, I promise you, is here. I'm not pumping this I'm not making this not coming out of my soul this is not coming out of my emotions I'm not going to scream when I say it to you there will be notable miracles done in this place tonight that only Jesus can take credit for things are going to be dried up out of bodies Pain is going to instantly leave bodies. People will leave out of here and come back with good reports where they came with a bad report. It will happen in this place today, saith the Lord. It is done. Look at two or three people and tell them it's finished. It's finished. It's done. It's already happened. And all we got to do through the remainder of this thing is just make sure he gets glory. We're going we're gonna to be giving God a lot of glory here tonight. I want you to, Pastor B has already said it, but I want you to again, let's let's thank everybody. I don't even know all the names of the people involved, but whatever you've done, if you've prayed or you've fasted or maybe you've kept an eye on stuff, we appreciate everybody that's worked diligently. Uh, this is, I, I promise you what I'm about to say. I'm not naive to think that I come and done this. I get to be here. It's only Jesus that can do these things. And it's a lot of us that put our little part together and you put your little part and I put my little part. And after we've done all that we can, then he steps in and does everything that we cannot. So all we can do tonight is really just give him praise and make sure that all the attention goes on the Lord of glory. I've never healed nobody. I've never saved nobody. But I know the man that has. I love you, Pastor Vasquez. I appreciate you, Sister V. I appreciate this family. Thank you all for treating us so good. I can't wait to Wednesday night. I can't wait to get in the altar service here in just a moment. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn and find two or three people and tell them, say, if I'm praising, you should be praising with me. Tell them. Say, if you catch me standing, you better be standing with me. Tell them, if I'm clapping, I need you clapping with me. Test them out. Say, I'm designating you my praise partner. 
We're going out of here with a shout. Tell them, say, now, if I leap, you better. Tell them, say, now, if you catch me running. My God, have mercy. Okay, here's my title. I don't even know how I'm going to do it. The Lord told me today to keep it simple, so I'm going to keep it simple. Look at whoever's standing by you and tell them, God is not your enemy. Tell the person on the other side, God is not your enemy. You can be seated if you're going to help me a little bit tonight. Down in South Florida, many years ago, there was a mother that was standing washing dishes in her Floridian home. She had a little boy that was about 10 years old. His name was Timothy. And she heard Timothy start screaming bloody murder out in the backyard. So she threw her dishes and her dish towels down. She ran out the back uh, just in time to see an alligator had latched on to Timothy's foot. And he was dragging that boy down into the waters. That mama throwed herself in that water and jumped on top of that baby boy. And her and that alligator got into a tug-of-war match. That gator started trying to go into what's called a death roll and turn and, and drown that boy. But that mama got all the way in the water holding on to that baby. And she began to pull and the gator would pull and she would pull. After a couple minutes of a struggle, somehow that mother wrestled that baby out of the arms of that gator. Called nine the ambulance came and they picked up Timothy and brought him to the hospital. A couple of days later, there was a reporter from the local news that had heard about the story about this mother that wrestled her young boy out of the jaws of this gator. And so he was there to do a story. And while he was there to report on the story, uh, the doctor came in and he said this. He said, Timmy, he said, I'm just stepping in for a moment. I want to look at your, I want to look at your wounds. I want to look at your bobo. I come to check out your scars. To which Timothy said this. He said, did you come to look at my good bobos or did you come to look at my bad bobos? The doctor kind of puzzled, said, well, what do you mean good bobos or bad bobos? He said, well, my bad bobos is the ones on my feet where that gator tried to bite my foot off. And the doctor said, well, then what are your good bobos? He said, these are the ones underneath my arms where my mama dug her fingernails in. And she began to claw and scratch when she pulled me out of the mouth of that alligator. Can I call somebody and tell you right now that that mama was not his enemy. She had to put some marks on him in order to get him saved. But I'm talking to some people who are just like Timothy. God had to scratch you to get you saved. Can I preach and tell some of you second chance people here? God said, I might have to hurt you, but I'm going to help you get out of this one way or another. This may not feel good, but I'm not going to let you just die and go to hell. Anybody got some claw marks or some scratch marks? Or, well, the Lord said, I could let you go, but I'm going to fight. Any wounded worshipers here that said the Lord had to wound me to get me worshiping, and I'm a wounded worshiper right now. Nobody should praise God as much as those who've had a second chance. 
you second chance people are to be the loudest screamers in every service, not just tent revival. You have defied all logic. You have defied all statistics and made it in, got out, got swallowed, and then got spit back out. Thank God if a preacher or a church had to scar you a little and say, you know you're not living right. You know you're not right. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost don't know how to mind his own business. You can try to go to a nightclub and the Holy Ghost will go right in there where you're at. Sit down beside you at the bar and say, I'm not worried about the smoking or the drinking. You ain't supposed to be here. You're supposed to be at Bethlehem Church. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You are trying to get high, and here come the Holy Ghost said, uh-uh, you know you're raised better than this. You know you're not supposed to be like this. He won't even let you have a good time because you belong to the master. Some of y'all might as well give it up. Your friends can have fun. You'll never be able to have fun in the world. I was preaching up in, in New Albany and uh, one of the first nights of revival, I, I walked down to a young man that was just standing there in the altar. I walked down to him and, and I told him, I said, the Lord told me to tell you something. Stay in this church, be in every revival service every night because the enemy has a trap laid for you. He said, oh, yes, sir, I received that. I said, well, I'm telling you, I'm not telling you this to feel good. I'm telling you, be in every service. Don't miss one service because the enemy has a plan to get you in trouble. Yes, sir. He said, I'm going to be here. Next night, service comes around. He's not there. At least I don't see him. He's not there. The next day, me and my wife are going in Walmart in New Albany. We're on our way in Walmart. When, I, when I'm going up to the entrance of Walmart, I see blue lights flashing. I see, I see cops out there. And, and I'm just trying to make my way into the, into the store. And I look, and here's that guy handcuffed. And he saw me. He said, oh, man, preacher. He said, preacher. He said, I should have listened to you. And I, I, I was trying to figure out who, and I said, oh, yeah. He said, he said you, and the policeman said, hey, don't talk to him. And, and, and the guy told the officer, he said, this is the preacher that told me if I didn't stay in church, this is exactly what was going to happen to me. And he said, can he pray for me? And, and, and I was like, I'm not trying to be a part of this. And, and, and he said, you can pray for him. He said, just don't touch him. Just pray for him. So the officer stood there between me and him and my wife. And, and I started praying. I said, God, I said, I know you're full of mercy and compassion. I want you to give this boy another chance. And I just prayed the devil off of him, began to pray, pray. And this boy began to cry. Me and my wife went on in Walmart. And when we come back out a little bit later, I looked and the boy was on handcuffed and I said what's going on here and the policeman told him he said I don't know why I'm doing what I'm fixing to do he said your own pr probation he said you don't have a driver's license he said you don't have any insurance you got a license plate on this car that belongs on another car he said but I just told him that I don't want to violate his probation that the best thing he can do is I'm going to get somebody to come get this car he better be at that church service tonight he said he he said, sir, if you let me go, I promise you, I'm going to be at that church service. Is there any second chance people here that the enemy's ever told you, you don't deserve another chance? Honey, you didn't deserve the first chance. 
God said, I've given some of you a second and a third chance, and that's all the praise you got for me. You should be in jail right now. Some of you should be in a sane asylums right now. You, you should be in divorce court right now. You should have already blowed your brains out, but I'm going to give you a second to check yourself under this old tent. I'm going to say something. Listen, don't it feel good to some of y'all when you hear police sirens pass? You ain't even worried about it no more. Don't it feel good when you see blue lights coming and you know it ain't for me? But just a few years ago, you was like, oh, my God, who they coming for now? Let me say something to you because I love what's happening in this church. I've been in this church for decades. This church has elders here. This church has sweet people. I won't name their names. I know them. I know their prayer life. I know their holiness. I know their commitment to God. I, I know people in this church at Bethlehem Church who have never smoked. They have never tasted liquor. They have never made pitfalls and mistakes. But look at what God's doing. He's bringing people into Bethlehem Church that have done enough for you and them and everybody else. And I just want to I want to make a compliment. I want to make a compliment to Bethlehem Church and to some of the precious elders in this church. I want to I want to give you a, a a a little pat on the back so to speak. Thank you for making room for people who have messed their lives up like you never did. You know why these precious elders, when you walk by them, you ought to hug their neck? Because they're looking at you and saying, that could be my granddaughter. That could be my grandson. That could be my son, my daughter, my niece. My... You better thank God that you're being accepted. I'm going to preach to you now. I'm going to preach a little. I'm going to keep it simple. God told me to keep it simple. So I'm keeping it simple tonight. I'm not going deep, but I'm going to be real. Because I know some religious people who think because they never did smoke and chew and run with people that do, that Jesus didn't have to do as much to save them because they never been addicted. Because they never smoked. Because they never drank. They never made a mistake, so they kind of have, a, have a, a, a complex that, well, you know, God didn't have to do as much to get me uh, saved as he did for them because I've never been in the shape they're in. Can I pause and tell you something? You was going to the same hell that the prostitute was going to. It took the same sacrifice. It took the same cross. It took the same blood of Jesus. It took the same Holy Ghost. It took the same resurrection. It took the same baptism. And you were just as lost as the drug addict was. And what you ought to be doing instead of looking down your nose at one of them and saying, thank God what you saved me from. If you aren't careful, you can take offense at what Jesus says and does, who he uses and how he uses them. You can get offended. If you don't know how the Lord works, it'd be very easy to get offended. Don't ever say who you think God's not going to use. 
Don't ever say who you think God can't get straightened up and get delivered. There are people that are here, I'm not going to embarrass you. You're perpetual backsliders. You have backslid over and over and over and over and over again. But now something has clicked in your spiritual mind. And after 10 times of falling down, you have finally stood up and outgrown some things. Thank God if you're with people that kept having mercy on you. You ought to say, I love this church. Why? Because they just keep letting me come back. They just keep saying, get a righteous man fallen seven times and he just gets back up again. I'm glad you got up, but I'm glad for the people that helped you get up too. I Hey, Bethlehem, I'm not just glad Jesus saved them. I'm glad that you helped wipe them off and say, it's all right. Get up and try again. He causes all things to work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Meaning he uses even your problems. He uses your addictions, your afflictions. He is even, listen to me, he'll even use your sickness to get himself glory. And these are the people that are going to get healed tonight. When you understand all your sickness is, is not God putting something on you because he's mad at you. He trusted you enough to bear it until the time and the season of your miracle so you could give him glory. Now, I'm just going to preach like I feel. God don't get no glory out of you being sick. I know people that's proud of how bad luck they have. I'm just suffering for God. Well, let me tell you, you want to make Jesus look good, tell us you had cancer and now you don't have cancer no more. And it makes Jesus look pretty good. He said it like this. Blessed are they that are not offended in me. He, he, he's kind of letting you know that people are going to have a propensity to get offended at Jesus because he does things not the way you think he should do them. And, 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 and I think he may have sent me <laughs> into the world to comfort the afflicted, but to afflict the comfortable. If you're afflicted, I want to comfort you. But if you're just comfortable in 2023, living, going through the motion, got this thing on autopilot, just cruise control for Jesus, let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost starts moving, something ought to make you uncomfortable. Something ought to, I, I wish some ex-drug addict would dance all over your blue suede shoes. I was preaching the other night somewhere there was a boy there his name was Eddie and Eddie it didn't matter they said we're going to take up the offer and Eddie would get up and he would shout and he would jump and, and everything they everything the preacher said he was just jumping I'm trying to preach Eddie's jumping going crazy about the third night of this I sat there in my mind and I just started kind of thinking I was like you know Eddie's just a little too much Eddie, Eddie's, Eddie's a little too extra here and I felt the Holy Ghost tap me on the shoulder he said no he said Eddie is not too much you'll probably Problem is, you forgot where I brought you from. He hasn't forgot. I put my Bible down, Brother V. I went right down there by Eddie and I started praising God. You know how to stay out of where God got you from? Act like you appreciate where you're at now. Hey, some of you that were in jail and incarcerated. If you call it be free, then act like you're free. Don't just be it, act like it. It's the book of Acts, act like you're free. God 
will give you what you want to show you that you don't want it. It was never, uh, and I said it might be deep, but it, it was never God's will that Israel got a king. They were supposed to be, be a, a theocracy, supposed to be God-governed. God was going to use prophets to speak to them. They wanted a king like other nations. God said, okay, you're going to get a king, but problem is he's going to tax you. He's going to get you in battles and wars. He's going to ruin you. He's going to get your kids killed. They got what they asked for. Now, let me tell you how God works. Sometime God will let you get what you think you want just so you can say, okay, God, I didn't really want that. It ain't it amazing how we do? Everybody wants what they don't have. This is why you should never envy somebody else's ministry. You think you want it until you get it. I got buddies of mine, help me pray. I'm really trying to get that church. I want that church. I, I really am trying to get that church. I always think you got a burden for a church. You don't have a burden for a city. If you don't get to church, what you going to do in the city? You got a burden for a church. I've watched people get churches and then they're like, forget this mess. Why? They weren't called to it. They wanted something to make them look good. Huh? My, my mama, my mama was, my mama used to take over a little convenience store about like this little one up here in Potts Camp. A lady, we called it Price's Grocery. It was our little one-hit wonder store too, wherever you went to. And, and when that lady would go on vacation, my mama would go, me and my sister would go stay in that lady's house, and my mama would run her store for a week. And, and, and I was just little, I was about seven or eight years old, and I kept walking up there, and they had what you called Swisher Sweet Cigars sitting up there right there by the can, And I kept going by and I just touched, I didn't want to touch it. My mama said, get the boy, you better get away from that. I don't know why it was, but, but in, I, I would look at them and they had, they had matches and cigarette lighters over here. And so I put my hand in there. My mama said, boy, you get your hand out of there. And I said, mama, I, I, just, I, I don't want to smoke it. I just want to take it out. I had a tip on it. I said, I just want to put it in my mouth like Popeye. My mama said, I'm fishing the pie pie you. You stay away from this. This is not for you. And I, every day, every day, every day, every day. So finally, one day, my mama said, okay. She said, here you go. I think there was five in a pack. She said, here you go, baby. She said, she said you want it? I said, yes, ma'am. But she said, she said, here you go. She said, but here's the deal. You got to smoke, smoke them all tonight. I was like, God has spoke to my mother. Hallelujah. Mama has heard from the Lord. She said, here you go. I'm going to give you the matches and everything. She said, you go right over there to old lady Price's house, and you go over there, and she said, you just sit down, and when I get off of work, when I, I want you to have smoked every one of those Swisher Sweet cigars. I was like, well, <laughs> I can do that. I got my matches. I got my Swisher Sweet cigars. I went over there, my seven, eight-year-old self. I never forget sitting down on that couch, and I lit up that cigar. And when I did, <laughs> my mama coming a little bit. I, I had it just sitting there. She said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm just sitting here watching TV." She said, "No, no, no, no." She said, "Light that cigar back up." I was like, okay. She made me a lot of, she said, come on, take you some drags off of it. She said, you better get to smoking. You got that one and four more to go. Oh my 
My cousin came in. He was like 17, 18 years old. He come in. I had a Swisher Sweet cigar burning. He said, what are you doing? I said, my mama told me to smoke this. He said, you're lying. Your mama is not. I said, my mama told me to smoke. I, I'll never forget. I took a few more drags off of that Swisher Sweet. I took off running out of the house, and I, I threw up all over the front porch. I was sick. When my mama come home from work that night, she said, hey, did you get your I said, mama, I don't ever want to look at a Swisher Sweet cigar again. I figured out a little bit long, later what mama was doing. She said, oh, you want a taste of that, do you? You want a little piece of that? Let me tell you something. You get a good taste of this world, and there are people here that are testifying tell you, you'll be spitting that up. You'll come running to the old tent. Is there anybody here that said, I'm sick of sin? I, I'm sick of bondage. I'm sick. If you get a good dose of this, God said, I'm going to let you get sick of it. He loves you enough to let you get sick. He loves you enough to let you get locked up. I have mamas all the time coming to me and say, you got to pray, especially when people seen that we went to y'all's prison ministry. I've heard from mamas everywhere, and this is a, a common occurrence. Oh, please pray for my baby. He's in jail. He's in, he's in prison, and, and he needs to get out. Please help him. Let's pray he'll get out. And I learned a long time ago they may not need to get out. They may be right where they need to be. It's why you better pray in the Holy Ghost. Because you start praying in the flesh, you're like, get my baby out of jail. God, please get my baby out of jail. Because it don't matter. They could have fingerprints, DNA. He done killed 10 people. That mama going to sit up and say, my baby wouldn't do that. That's just mama's blind love. Now, my baby wouldn't. Now, my baby didn't do that. He's innocent. And, and then mama, please help me pray. Get my son out of jail. He's innocent. God, get him out. I said, hey, look, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Start praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is saying, don't let him out of jail, God. Because if he gets out of jail, he's going to go right back to the place he was. And he won't just be in jail. He'll be in hell. Keep him right there, Lord, until his heart gets right. You better pray, God, not my will, but but thy will be done. There's some of you, if you hadn't went to jail, you'd be in hell right now. If you hadn't got locked up, you wouldn't be free right now. There are many of you, had you not had the trouble you had, God said, I'm going to send the whale, I'm going to send the famine, I'm going to send the plague, I'll do whatever I got to do to claw you out of the mouth of that gator. He'll let you get shipwrecked. He'll even rebuke you. <laughs> God, should I tell this? Okay, y'all, it's y'all's fault. I started it. We may have to edit this out. A buddy of mine brought me to this church one night. I was preaching for him like Sunday through Wednesday. So he brought me to this church. They were having church on Thursday. He brings me down to this church, and, and, and the pastor there, I knew of this pastor. Uh, he was a big-time official, and so I get in that church, and the pastor called me up to say a word. Now, let me say something to you. When they ask you to say a word, that don't mean open your Bible and preach. I learned do what I'm told to do. If they say stand up and say a word, you stand up and say a word. If they say sing a song, you, don't, you do what they tell you to do because the church I was from, they set you down. My grandpa will just grab you like a, you're done. Okay. 
So he said, come up here and say a word. So I got up and I just said a word. I set the microphone down. I went back to sit down and the pastor gets up. He said, hey, Brother Johnson, he said, you're not done. I'm like, I'm done. He's like, that was too short. He said, he said that, that was a good word. He said, come back and finish it. I was like, when you want me to finish? He said, right now. Come back. And I was like, now? He said, come on back. Just preach. So I walked back up there. He handed me the microphone. He said, just preach, brother. He said, that's a word. He said, just start preaching. He said, just obey God. Do whatever you want to do. Now, you got to understand, I'm about 20-something years old at this time. I am a dangerous, loaded weapon. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me, but, but I've learned to help people because I was gifted very early on, but it didn't mean that I had all the wisdom in the world. My gift was working. My gift was working when I was a teenager. That thing worked. But I learned that you don't always pull it out. It'd be unbeneficial just to sit here and just do sniper prophecy all night long. And, and so at this, this time I get up and I look back here and I see a, a young man and I see adultery rolled over his head. And I see abomination. I see all these things over. And I said, hey, you, sir, back here. And he's sitting here kind of tough. I said, where's your wife at? And he said, uh, she's over here. I said, well, you need to apologize to her. And I'm in front of a, a pretty good-sized church here. I said, you need to fall on your face and ask your wife to forgive you. And he kind of looks at me like, what? And I said, you want me to say why? One, two, three, no. And so I started telling him what he'd been doing. That dude fell down in the center aisle of the floor. His wife crawled out in the floor. People got around him. That boy prayed himself through to the Holy Ghost. He started confessing his sins. People in the church started running to him. They're falling on him saying, my God, have mercy. And, and so, you know, I'm just thinking, hey, there, he prayed through. That's great. I get in the car. Me and my buddy start leaving. We're driving off. And, and my buddy says, you are crazy. I said, well, you know, I, I think I'm tough at the time. You know, I'm 25, 23, something. I think I'm tough, you know. And I said, well, brother, it is what it is. He said, no. He said, you are crazy, crazy. I said, what? He said, I cannot believe you did that. I said, well, brother, the dude got the Holy Ghost. He said, it ain't even that. He said, I just cannot believe you. I said, what's the problem? He said, I said, the dude was in sin. I said, God rebuked it, called it out. He repented. Looks like him and his wife are getting it back together. What's the problem? He said, that's not what I mean. I cannot believe you said that to the pastor's son. What? 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 He said, did you not know that is the pastor's son? I said, I did not know. Why didn't you tell me? He's like, I'm giving you the eyes the whole time. Like, no, no, no. He said, man, he said, he said I'm so nervous. And about that time, his phone starts ringing. He said, that's the pastor calling me right now. I said, listen, I am not in this car. I said, you pull over. It was a mall parking lot. I said, pull over. I'm not kidding. Pull over. Just let me out. You won't even be lying. I'll shut the door and you say, he ain't in here. He's like, I can't do it, man. He said, he's, he answers the phone. He said, and the first thing he did, I can hear him. He says, brother so-and-so, where's brother Johnson? He said, he's right here. Hands me the phone. 
I said, hello? 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 Brother Johnson. I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm very sorry. He said, listen to me. I said, okay, all right. He said, you know what you did tonight? I said, I am very sorry. He said, you don't know what you've done tonight. I said, I, what did I do? He said, you obey God. He said, my boy has a good wife. He said, I've told him. His mama's told him. He said, this whole church has told him. We've told him for three years. He said, but he's so tough. He thinks he can just keep on getting away with it. He said, but I have been praying, God, whatever you got to do to get his attention. He said, and I'm here to tell you tonight. He said, that might have been what it took. He said, because he tried to resist it. But when he knew it was the Holy Ghost that was revealing him, he said, my boy, for the first time in years, God, on his face started calling out he said he done called his mama his dad called all of us said I'm so sorry I messed up I've embarrassed the church and I'm not saying that's going to happen here but I wish there'd be some people be real with Jesus say hey don't you let me go to hell now whatever you got to do to us claw me scratch me even if it leaves a mark I don't want to go to hell comfortably Here's how your Bible says it. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. A little pause for you. There's some people that can do stuff you and me can't do. You know why? They don't get in trouble? Because God don't whoop kids that don't belong to him. That's how come you do it, you step out of line, pa-pow. Then you got other people step out of line. They just nanny nanny boo boo. They do whatever they want to do and God don't mess with them. You know why? They're not his. I'm preaching to you the truth. The Bible said who the Lord loveth, he chastiseth, he whips them, and he scourgeth. That means he gives them a good spanking with cords. Every son who he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are ye partakers, then you are illegitimate. You don't belong to God if God doesn't withstand you. If God cuts on your heart, you do something and something smites you and you feel bad in your spirit about it, you need to say, thank you, God, that you're not letting me just sin unchecked. Mm. Uh I'm going somewhere. Listen, I know God is sovereign. He's going to heal people here tonight. already know this. You know this. But let me tell you what God also does. Deuteronomy 32 and 39 says, See now that I, even I am he, there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. It'd be inappropriate for me to preach how much God can heal if I don't explain to you God could also wound I'm only preaching half the truth if I tell you God can make alive if I don't tell you God can kill. Honey, when God kills you, you're dead. Listen, he said, I form light and I create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, 
do all these things. Why would you do those things? Because that's what it takes for me to get some people woke up. I was preaching in Winsboro, Louisiana, and, and God started doing miracles. People were getting out of wheelchairs and coming off of crutches and, and eyes, and there was a man there named Shelby Grant. They told Shelby Grant, they said, you got about five or six months to live. Brother Shelby Grant was a sweetheart. He's a big, tall cowboy, sweetheart of a man, and, and they were praying for Brother Shelby Grant, and, and they give me the microphone, and the Holy Ghost said, if you will say it, I will back it up. This is why we need prophecy in the church, not silently. It, the Lord said, if you don't say it, I ain't going to do it. But if you'll say it, then I'm going to do it. I said, Brother Shelby Grant, I know what the doctor said, and I understand all that, and we're praying. But the Lord told me, you will not die in six months. You will not die in six years. You will have decades left to your life because he has healed you, and it doesn't matter what's on the report. We're not believing that. God said, it's done. Brother, he had a wooden leg. Brother Shelby Grant, he was about a six foot five cowboy. He stood up on that wooden leg. He started shouting and said, I believe it then. I believe it. I believe it. He come back just a couple weeks later, said the doctor said, he said, I don't know what in the world's happened here, how we missed this and misdiagnosed that, but you ain't got a lick of cancer in your body. Matter of fact, the tumor that was in your body, it ain't even in the body no more. We don't know how we messed that up. Hey, can I just get you to help me for just a moment? I'm halfway done. That's why when you hear a word from the Lord spoken over a congregation, you do what you're doing right now and say, we believe that report. That's the report we're going to believe. Whenever there begins to be reports of miracles and healings like that, people will start coming out of the woodwork. And there was a man, he was a policeman in that in, in Winsboro, Louisiana. He was ate up with cancer. He heard about Brother Shelby Grant getting healed of cancer. And so he told his team of policemen and some uh, wardens, some people from the prison, he said, if y'all want to take me down there to that Pentecostal church, I'll let them pray for me. He said, but I ain't going without y'all because they crazy. Literally, we come in that night and the back two rows was full of policemen and people that worked at prisons and, and they were there. And, and the pastor come up to me. He said, hey, he said, this one man back here said, uh, he, he might have been the chief of police or something, but he's a high-ranking policeman. He said, he got all these cops with him. He said, they're all here. He said, he's got cancer. He said, he has talked about our church and talked about how crazy we were. He said, but now here he is sitting in church tonight. So he pretty much is telling me, don't mess this up for us. He looked over, he looked over at another policeman that was sitting across on the other aisle. He looked over when the choir was singing, he looked over, he said, is that windy in that choir? He said, that's windy. He said, no way. He said, and he said, that's her sister, Jessica, standing behind her in the choir. He said, you got to be kidding me. He said, there ain't no way that can be them two girls. He said, do you know how many times I've ever, they all started having a conversation during church. He said, I arrested her three times. The other one said, uh, I had to get her down from suicide one night. She's going to kill herself. They kept saying, man, we, we've, arrested, we've arrested these girls dozens of times. They're nothing but street walkers and nothing but meth heads. And he said, how are they? And they were asking each other, how is that girl in her right mind? She, would, she didn't even, her elevator wouldn't go on. She was burning up on drugs how is she up there singing it and he said she's got a baby she's married she's going to this church she she's on the platform 
that man looked over, let me tell you, some of the greatest testimonies you got is people that was all messed up, mangled up, tore up, and now they're up here in your choir singing. That man with cancer in his body, weeping, he looked over at that other man. He said, if I ever thought this wasn't real, he said, I know it's real by that girl right there. He said, there ain't no way that girl is a mama and a wife and up here singing. He said, surely this has got to be God. He walked up there to me. He said, sir, he said, I got terminal cancer. He said, pray for me. I said, I'm not praying about cancer till God fills you with the Holy Ghost. Do you want it? He said, I want it. I want it. God filled that man with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Do I even have to go on to tell you that it sent word back? He went to the doctor. They said, you were ate up with tumors. What happened? He said, I know what happened. I went to a little Pentecostal church out there Can I tell you, they started coming from the north and the south and the east and the west. They were packing that church out. Hey, Bethlehem, that's what's happening here. We don't have just a bunch of ex-chunkies. We got a bunch of testimonies. We, we got a bunch of people here that when the world looks at you, they say, I know that preacher's preaching something. That's got to be God. There's no way that ain't God. Now, you don't have to believe what I'm saying, but you know what I'm about to say is true. Thank God some of you got your life messed up because had you not got messed up, you'd have never got caught up. If you just had an average life, you'd stay home and go to hell. But because you were messed up, out of your mind, drugged out, that's why you're here. God let it get bad so he could make it get better. Be seated. I'm going to read the text. <laughs> and we're going to have an altar call watch this John 9 and 1 so you don't say I didn't read something and Jesus passed by and saw a man which was blind underscore this from his birth everybody point to those last words from his birth okay born blind watch his disciples asked him saying master <coughs> master who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Did you get it? Yeah, y'all did because y'all smart. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while his day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground. Now, if y'all get this part, I won't even have to shout to get y'all. He made clay of the spittle, and he anointed My, 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 my. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom, which is by interpretation sin. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. And the neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind said, is this not he that said and begged? Some said he's like him. Others said, uh, this is he. But he said, I am he. 
Jesus comes passing by this guy. These disciples start making some pretty startling and preposterous accusations. Listen at what they said. What did this man possibly do or his parents, but what did he do to cause him to be born blind? What did he do before he was born that caused him to be born blind? I'm going to wait till you see the silliness and how some people talk. Some religious people say some of the strangest things. What did he do before he could even do anything that caused you to be mad at him that let him be born blind? He had, somebody had to have done something. And I have a particular spider sense tingling that tells me it was him that done it. Jesus has to explain to them, nope, nobody did anything. Listen to me. Every sickness is not the judgment of God. I want to hear, I want to hear some of you that are sick in this building right now understand something. Because this is one thing that will help you get healed when the Lord starts healing. It's not because God is mad at you. It's not because you said or done something wrong. Because if God got all of us every time we said or done something wrong, if he killed us, he would never stop preaching funerals. Huh? God allowed it to happen. As a matter of fact, God ordained it to happen because God said it's something about me letting trouble get loose in a person's life. Me letting sickness get loose in a person's life. There are a couple things that happen whenever I let things like that happen. Number one, it turns that person to seek me whenever they never would have sought me in any other case. Now, I don't know about Bethlehem. I could be wrong, but I've been preaching all over this country and world. I have yet to find people People who come live for Jesus and get baptized and get the Holy Ghost because they say I had so much money I was so good looking my wife was so beautiful I had such a perfect life and all my Ferraris I was just looking for a God to worship it don't exist it doesn't happen. You won't find people saying, I need a God to think for my wonderful life. That's not what I can tell you what does happen. God can let an agitation get loose in your life. Sometimes God will let it be in form of a sickness. God can let it be in form of a malignancy. God can let it be in form of a cancer or whatever it may be. And out of that, he anointed this man's eyes with mud. Please hear me. I'm about to put my landing gear down. The, the, Jesus does something here that absolutely doesn't make any sense. The man's already blind. He spits on the ground, puts mud in his eyes. If this dude would have had 20-20 vision, by the time Jesus got finished with him, he couldn't see his hand in front of his face because Jesus knows the importance of making it be bad enough to get you agitated to get out of where you're at. The whole thing was, oh, I'm about to preach to you. It was not just to get him healed. It was to get him to the water. What God is doing for you is not just trying to get you healed. He's trying to get you to the waters of baptism. It's got a whole lot more. He's not just trying to get you to quit smoking. He's trying to get you baptized in the name of Jesus. The sooner you understand this is all a setup to get you to the water and you say, Lord, if you heal me, I'm going to be born of the water and of the spirit. 
I'm almost done. Tell your neighbor, say, I'd rather be spat on by Jesus than kissed by Judas. The whole reason for everything we do is to get people in the water. Because the whole reason for everything God does is to get you in the water and to get his spirit in you. He's not your enemy, but he will be your opponent. He will wrestle with you, Jacob. He will fight with you. He will spire with you, but it doesn't mean he doesn't like you. As a matter of fact, those he loves, he contends with. He pushes you back. He will, he will begin to put you in positions where you have to call on him. I went to, went to Africa. In, in Africa, one of those nights, I'm closing my notes. One of those nights in Africa, my, uh, the, the generator went out. It's very hot, and the generator went out, and I heard a mosquito come through the window. They had to open up the windows because it was so hot, and a mosquito come through the window. I heard it, and I killed it right there. Stung me, and, and it took about three weeks to develop, and I had malaria. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I, I wouldn't go to the doctor. I was being hard-headed. My wife's like, something bad is wrong with you. I, I couldn't preach. I had to cancel about three weeks of preaching. And, 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 and I, would, I went on some show. I went, to, uh, I went to Humble, Texas and preached one night. And, and I was about to go out to preach. And I would get dizzy. And I was having hallucinations. I mean, I, I was messed up. And I didn't I would, I would tremble. I'd start trembling and shaking. And I was, I, I was in the pastor's office. And I texted my wife. I said, please pray. I said, they're on their last song. I got to go out there and preach I'm just shaking as I said I, I thought I had Parkinson's I, I didn't know what was wrong with me and, and so I went to the bathroom on my way to the platform and I laid down on the on the tile in the bathroom to put my face there to get some some coolness because I was just burning up I was sick I got up I'm, I, I get myself together I walk out and when I and this preachers know what I'm fixing to say whenever they introduced me to preach I stepped on the platform boom I was better I was like, whoa, thank God I'm healed. No, you're not healed. You're just anointed for a minute. And, and, and I get finished preaching and I'm thinking I'm bet and it starts coming back I'm shaking they're baptizing people and I start shaking and I don't know what's wrong with me and I, I, I don't know if I have an aneurysm or something in my brain is wrong I'm saying, and they're baptizing a lady and, and I help that lady get up and encourage her to get baptized I didn't know what this lady was deaf in her right ear and we're praying for this lady I'm over here about to die about to faint they, they, they baptize this lady in the name of Jesus Christ she come out of the water and she's jumping she's pointing she's doing this and I didn't know what she was talking about and she said hey 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 she said I was born deaf in this ear and I can hear through it right now Meanwhile, I'm leaning over here like this thinking, God, I'm trying to hold myself up. And you know what God was letting me know? He let me know this while I was suffering with malaria. I was laying hands on people that were coming up, throwing canes down, walking people. A lady's supposed to have a hip replacement, and God healed her. She didn't have to have the hip replacement. And you know what God was telling me? I, I said, God, I'm about to die here. Can you help me? He said, I just let this come so you would know that I'm doing these miracles, and I don't really have to have you to do them. Even while you're sick, I'm still healing. What does that tell you, Johnson? Don't try to take credit for what I'm doing. You're sick your own self. Can I tell some of you, God will let things happen to you just to see who you're going to give the glory to. 
I come by to tell Bethlehem with everything God's doing, don't mess up and try to take the glory for it. You need to always point back, deflect to Jesus and say, had it not been for the Lord. I'm coming down here after you. Let's raise our hands to God. Let a voice cry out to the king all over this place. Call out to the master right now. Call out to Jesus. Front, back, left, right, up, down, all over this place. Healer is in this place. Healer is in this place. We worship your master. Let's just worship for about 60 seconds. My Bible's closed. We're changing the order of this service. We're just going to flow in this thing and let God perform the miraculous on us tonight. God's not your enemy. God's not against you. He's even allowed what happened to you to happen in your life to show you how good he is. So you will give him glory, that's all. If some of you will purpose in your heart tonight, God, if you do this thing for me, I'm not going to take the glory. I'm going to give you the glory. I'm going to give you the glory. The reason for the mud in your face is because when you get mud, I, I, this, is, this is not Bible. I'm just telling you, you know this and I know this. A blind man could not navigate to where the pool of Shalom was by himself. A blind man with mud on his face surely could not find the pool of Shalom. There's no way he got there by himself. Somebody had to help this guy. Please hear me, because the Holy Ghost is about to move strongly here to help some of you. This man starts trying to walk, and I wonder how many people he run into. I wonder, don't let me knock you down. I wonder how many people he said, oh, I'm sorry, I, did, I didn't mean to step on your shoes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I wonder how many people he just come, run, run up, bam, bam. He's going there, and he's got mud, and somebody said, hey, what's wrong with you? Where'd you get that mud on your face? Do you know a man named Jesus? Yeah, I know of Jesus. He did this to me. <laughs> Not the Jesus that I know. He would never do that. I wonder how many fruit baskets he knocked over. I wonder how many guitars and drums that he, he knocked it over and bumped it over. And people are like, man, what's wrong with you? He's like, I'm just trying to find my place to this place the Lord told me to get to until finally I have to believe. Somebody took him by the hand and said, you're looking for the pool of shalom? Let me help you get to it. Because it's when you got trouble like that in your life, you're going to find out who the real Christians are and who the real Christians ain't. 
I'm prophesying to some of you right now. God let you have the trouble that you've had to show you that the people at Bethlehem Church or the people that you're destined to meet, they're going to help you get to the water. Is there anybody here that says, had it not been for the mud on my face, I'd have never found the water. I'd have never found the place. I'd have never got to where I needed to get to. What's this lady's name sitting right here? What's your name, ma'am? Yes, ma'am. Debbie? I'm going to pray for you, Debbie. Actually, correction, we're going to pray for you. This whole church is going to pray for you. All of us are going to pray for Debbie. Because there's a healing going in Debbie tonight. There's a healing miracle going to go into this sweet lady right here this evening. God is going to cancel the spirit of infirmity that wants to get loose in your body. There shall be a cancellation that shall come inside of you. Everybody just stretch your hands over this way to help us pray. Before we come into this altar, we're going to let God move here for just a little bit. We cancel it, Debbie. I see where the enemy has your plan to be in the hospital. I see where the enemy has your plan to be medicated. I see where there's pain in your body that hasn't come out in a long time. But after you get out of this tent tonight, we're canceling these things by the blood in the name of Jesus. She's getting up. I need, come here, Fru. Come here, Fru. Help me, Fru. I want you to take both of your hands and put them on her hips like this, on both of her sides right there. Just love on her and pray on her right there for just a moment. Something's going to feel like fire going inside of you right here, mama. I'm looking at something going from one side of your pelvis to the other. And I see it coming out of you. I see a black mass of a thing coming out of you. I see a thing coming out of you, woman. In the name of Jesus that we preach by the power of the Holy Ghost that's under this tent right now. Debbie, be thou made whole, be thou healed, be thou set free by the delivering power that's in the name of Jesus. Just let's worship with her right now. I just feel the Holy Ghost. Hey, 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 hey. Help her walk out there through in the aisle. Walk on out there, Debbie. Walk on out there, Debbie. Help her right there, Fru. Help her just walk with her for just a moment. Sickness, disease, tumors, diabetes, cancer, neuropathy, karabakataya, by the authority that's in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. 
Listen, we're going to do this very fast. We're going to do this very, very quickly. I'm going to walk this way. We're going to do this very, very quickly. We're going to do this very fast. We're about to pray for everybody here that's got infirmity and sicknesses in your body. But I want to do something very quickly right here that God just wants to take a moment to do because he's going to fill people with the Holy Ghost tonight. You just walked into a huge Holy Ghost radiation service. It's like Holy Ghost radiology, something's going to burn stuff out of you tonight. Right back here, there's some people here, you're having a problem like a nerve or whatever. It's in your neck. You're having a, a problem that's inside of your neck and your nerve damage or whatever you want to call it. Right into your nerve here is causing like a catch and a twitch in your neck. I want you to do something for yourself. Take your one hand, lay it on your own neck right back here. Put your hand on your neck. Take your other hand and lift it high as you can up to God. Right there, right there, right there. Oh, you all do it too. Anybody else? Do it too. We're going to pray a simple prayer to a big God who is going to do it without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not doing any emotionalism. I'm fixing to pray. I'm fixing to speak over your life, young lady. I'm fixing to speak over this lady's life. And then we're going to let the Holy Ghost be poured out in this place. But if you're in here with your hand on your neck right now, I release you by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Every pinched nerve, every spastic muscle, everything that's going on in you that's incorrect, a correct man there to be a correction according to the word of faith and by his stripes be healed right now. This is what I want you to do. Don't, you don't have to fake nothing with me. The minute that you start waving that hand like that, you're going to feel the Holy Ghost come down into your body. When you feel that begin to happen, move out of your seat and go in that aisle and claim yourself healed. When you start feeling the energy of the Holy Ghost, the virtue of the Holy Ghost, just kind of wave your hand, step out there in that center aisle and declare, I'm healed. I feel something moving in me right there. I feel something something touching me right there. Hey, there it is. Let it happen. Just let it happen. The minute that you know God's doing it, march out there in that center aisle and begin to give God praise. There you go. Give God praise for that thing right now. Or go over here. Just get out of your seat. There you go. Get out of your seat. Get out of your seat. Move out of your seat and declare, I got it. I receive it. I take what you're doing right now. Over this man back here, God, he shall never be the same over this gentleman right here God he shall never be the same by the liberty of the Holy Ghost what's your name ma'am Chloe. Chloe raise up your hands Chloe I'm going to just take a moment I'm going to speak over Chloe and then we're going to have an altar service here because at least three times while I was preaching tonight and this is the lady that said she got healed. At least about three times while I was preaching tonight, I kept seeing something that looked angelic behind this girl. And I seen it take its hands and like keep touching your eyes. Keep touching your eyes and touch your eyes several times because the Lord said he's given you prophetic eyes. You have eyes that can see. Spiritual eyes, eyes of visions, eyes of dreams. And the Lord said, I've already put it in your eyes, but now I'm going to open it up in your mouth that you're going to begin to prophesy what I've been showing you. 
The Lord said, you don't have to hold it back. Here it is. You don't have to hold it back. In the last days, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Let it be on this generation, God. Let it be on this young lady, Father. Young lady, open your mouth and let that come out of you. I feel the Holy Ghost directing me to unlock you right now. I unlock the gifts of the Spirit. I unlock the word of knowledge and the gift of prophecy. I unlock the seeing realm. Hey, I unlock the dream realm and the vision realm. Pray that out loud, Chloe, in the name of Jesus. Let, let that come out of you loud. You're, you're a seer. Go ahead. 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 Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I got to do one more thing, then we're coming. Raise your hands up. I'm going to touch you right here. You've been through a deliverance. You're not all the way out, but you're coming the rest of the way out. The Lord said, I'm not a halfway God. What I've begun in you, I will complete it. The Lord said that you're struggling with the last couple of things that I'm going to take out of you, and it will begin to happen tonight. You have been in a process, but the Lord said there'll be an acceleration of this process. I'm taking the taste out of your mouth. I'm changing your mind, and you shall not be the same. You shall recover what you lost. If if you know what I'm telling you is real. Step right here, lady. Step right here in the name of Jesus with your hands up. I'm praying over her, but I'm praying over several more. Every spirit of death and suicide, get out of this tent. Leave. Go. I break your power by the name of Jesus. Hey, I speak life over you, girl. I speak life over your mind. Open your mouth and let that out. That's the last piece of your deliverance happening right now. Some Holy Ghost lady, come worship with her right now. Go ahead. <laughs> Get in there. Worship. Just worship. Just wor let that be worship right now. Keep a little trail through here. I'm talking to every person here with cancer who has malignancy in your body, who has a bad report on your life. If you've got cancer or some report looming over you, help them walk down to the front of this building right now. We're going to pray. Just stay with that lady right there. The Holy Ghost is moving. you got cancer, get down here right now. Get down here. Come all the way down. 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 Every cancer, every bad report, everything that's trying to suck the life out of your life. Here you go. Some men stand with this gentleman right now. Hallelujah. Come on down. 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 Come on. If you got cancer, get down here. If you've had a report of a malignancy in your body, come on down here. Come on down here. Come on down. Come on. We're waiting on you. If you've got something in your kidneys, if you've got something pancreatic going on in you, hey, in the name of Jesus. What's your name, sir? David. David, this is David. We're going to pray a miracle over David. You help me. You take your hand and just lay it right here on David's stomach right here. Here he God let David see just enough by what he said and done for Debbie right here to give a confirmation to him that Jesus is a healer, a revealer and a healer. Anybody else with cancer, move down here close to us right now. Anyone else with cancer, if you got cancer, if you got cancer, they've told you right here, raise up your hands to the Lord, Benny. Every one of you that's got that 
report over you right now. Now, here's what we're going to do. Everybody else kind of move in behind them. Here's the altar call. Musicians are coming. We're going to pray. We're going to make a word declaration in the name of Jesus. Come on in behind them. God's going to pour out the Holy Ghost. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Every one of you up here that need prayer, you got a malignancy in your body. Raise up both your hands to God right now. Raise it up, darling, to the Lord. Raise it up, Benny. Raise it up. Now, if you can see them with their hands up, you just reach in here. The Bible says we shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Stay right where you're at. Keep praying. If you want the Holy Ghost, God's pouring out the Holy Ghost right now. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, wherever you may be standing, put both your hands up in the air high as you can and receive you the Holy Ghost right now. Do you see these around you with their hands up? Would you lay your hands on them? There's some in the middle right here who want the Holy Ghost tonight. If they have their hands up to the Lord, Please reach over and touch them. And let's begin to pray in the Spirit right now. God's pouring out the Holy Ghost. Come on, Bethlehem, let's pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Wherever you're standing and praying, open your mouth and let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, the Holy Ghost on this young man right here where Brother Barber's praying. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, sir. Open your mouth and receive you the Holy Ghost. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. With stammering lips and other tongues will I speak to this people. For the promises unto you and unto your children. Come on, that people receiving the Holy Ghost right here in the middle. Kind of stitch your hand that way. Pray over someone right now. Come on, let's be intermingled. Let's be interlocked. Cancers being released out of these bodies. Cancer be released out of these bodies. It is done. It is so. It is said. It is well. There you go, David. That's a Holy Ghost on you, sir. There you go, David. That's a Holy Ghost upon you, sir. That's a Spirit of God on your life right now. Come on, Bethlehem. Push a little bit. 
pray. Open your mouth in the spirit. My rabbi. Come on, I see the Holy Ghost falling on a lady back here. I see the Holy Ghost on you, ma'am. Open your mouth. Let that tongue of fire come out of you. Hey, hey. Sharia.
right now who want to be baptized? A lady just told me we have a man that wants to be baptized. He also wants a healing in his body. Well, we do that here. God does that here. Come on, brother. God's going to heal you back. We're going to baptize you in Jesus' name. Listen, if you're here, you want to be baptized. Come on down here with this brother. We're going to pray for him. We'll pray for you. Then we'll baptize you in Jesus' name. If you have anybody else that'd like to be baptized, please bring them down. We'll show them how to get to where they're going. Come on. All right. Come on, brother. That's awesome. This brother got the Holy Ghost tonight. Anybody else want to be baptized? Come with us. Some of you brethren, get around this gentleman here, this brother. We're going to pray. We want God to touch his back. We want God to fill him up full tonight. Hey, hey, if you're here and you haven't received the Holy Ghost yet, when we start praying for this brother, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Raise your hands, close your eyes, worship God. You want the Holy Ghost? Let God fill you full of the Holy Ghost right now. It's all over you right now, brother. It's the Holy Ghost all over you. By the authority of the word of faith, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we call you to be made every wit whole. Be healed in your body. Be set free by the power of the name of Jesus. Be thou delivered, sir. Hey, brother Otto, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Let that on out of you now. Hey, I feel a miracle. I feel a miracle. I feel a miracle. Something happens when I call your name. Something happens when I call your name. 
and lift your voice and shout like it's already done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, what a wonderful presence of the Lord. Several are being baptized right now. Several have been filled with the Holy Ghost. What a great, great time. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise.